0: What's going on, man? It's your boy, Jay Holly, and we are back with another episode of Unfiltered with Jesse Holly, episode 30. We out here like Steph, wet Splash Brothers from the three-point line, man. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You are far too kind. You could have been anywhere in the world, but I am so glad that you are here with me. You know what you got to do. Like, subscribe, leave a comment, share, tell a friend to tell a friend. This is how we're doing it. Spotify, Apple, YouTube, Mr. Fourth Along on all platforms: Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Fanatic Views, YouTube. Go find Unfiltered with Jesse Holly. Hit the notification button so that you never, ever, ever miss an episode. You never miss one thing I gotta say, because you know, this is how we do it, man. We keep it, we keep it real on this show. We keep it unfiltered on this particular program. You guys know how I like to get down. I like to give my words of encouragement, my motivation. All the great things in the beginning Because let's be honest A lot of you are not going to make it to the end And that's okay I'm not for everybody But I just ask that you give me Three shows 15 minutes apiece If you don't like me after those Three shows of 15 minutes apiece Find three more And then find three more And I promise you If you do that You'll fall in love with me But all right, man Here's what I got for you guys It's simple It's simple but powerful Simple but powerful And it just simply reads, everything, and I do mean everything, everything requires work. If you've come to the place where you don't feel like you want to work, don't look to be successful. Don't look to be winning. Don't look to have anything really good happen for you. You have to be willing to go places and do things For whatever that thing is that you want in your life that nobody else is willing to do. Like how you do it, how you do anything is how you do everything. Every single day, there needs to be a level of work that is put in. I tell some of the young athletes that I'm around, I go, you think you're the only person that wants that scholarship to said school? You, you think you're the only person that wants to go to that Division I university? You think you're the only person that wants to go out there and, and be the only one that goes to the National Football League or the NBA or, or MLB or whatever it is? No, 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 no. That requires a level of work. And those who are willing to put that time, energy, and effort into that work are those who are the ones who who reap the benefits of that reward. No farmer... Ever thinks he's going to be able to have a harvest Without sowing the land and putting in the time, the energy, the effort Understanding all the things that go around What it means when I put this tiny old seed in this dirt You have to be willing to do the work Everything Everything, especially the successful things Requires work Are you willing to put that work in? All right, man, let's get into it Cowboys with a dominating victory over the Los Angeles Rams, 43-20. to That's a score got me. That score has never, ever, ever been had in the National Football League in all of its existence. You didn't know that. Ah, taught you something today. 43-20 to has never been scored in the NFL in its existence. It's a pretty cool stat. The Cowboys jumped all over the Los Angeles Rams from start. I should say, I'm not going to say from start because those first couple of snaps... I thought this game was gonna get a little scary. I did. I, I thought the Rams. I thought the Rams were gonna break Dak first three pass, like the first three drop back sacks. I said, "Oh, this is about to get ugly." But they recovered. Say what you want. That might have been a phantom illegal touching call. The Cowboys responded, go down and score, and it was on from there. They dominated the Cowboys' eleven-game home one streak dating back to last year. Now I know that the Cowboys. And the Cowboys fans and AT&T Stadium may not be the most raucous crowd, may not be the most loudest crowd. But say what you want, the Cowboys seem to win a lot at home, and this is why I get so uptight about losing games like you do, like you did this year against the Cardinals, because those games come back and bite you in the butt later in the season. When now, when you should have been maybe someone who had home field advantage or at least a home game, you, you get into the. You're a wild card now. You got to spend all the time on the road, and now you got to play better teams on the road. Like that matters when you get a chance to play. There's something about playing at home. You know, Mike McCarthy has implemented this new kind of thing, and it's it's new because in all my years about being around the NFL, you, normally on Saturdays you stay at the hotel. You stay at the hotel. You have your meetings. You got your curfew. But Mike is kind of. Got away from that. He's kind of saying, "I'm going to trust you guys to be men." So he allows players to go home. So you spend time in your bed. You're with your family. You get a chance to get cuddled up with somebody if you need that. That's fine. But you get everything's a little bit more comfortable at home. Your routine is better. You drive your own car there. You 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 know your locker room is there. You're not so a lot of stuff happens better for you at home. You don't have to get on the plane. Sometimes getting on a plane, depending on where you have to travel to, man, that could be that that wears you out. That wears you out when you have to be on to play for three, four, five hours. Go to a different time zone. Sleep in a hotel. Some people don't sleep well in hotel beds. Some people got the little sleep numbers and all that kind of good stuff. Things are different on the road. So the Cowboys are 11-game win streak at home. And I got to get flowers. Dak was dealing. Dak was dealing. I talked to you guys last week, and I said, coming out of the bye, I want to figure out who this team is. I said that this team needs to get going, and this was the game that they needed to get going in because if you look at the schedule, the Cowboys have a pretty easy role. I know that they play Philadelphia next week, and we'll get into that later on, but after that, you got you know, you know got a couple gimmies. You got, you got, you got the, the Panthers who just won their first game of the season. You got the Giants mixed in there. You got a Seattle team who's made some moves. Uh, you got a, a Washington team who could be a little bit tricky, but for the most part, there aren't any really dominating opponents that you have after the Philadelphia game. So if you can put a string of wings together here, you set yourself up for it with a nice little cushion, and you find yourself heading into that final week in December, end of November, into December, where it gets a little bit, it gets a little tough. But the Cowboys did what they had to do, and Mike McCarthy, he's put two good games together. He put a good game plan together um, against the Chargers, and then coming out of the bye, he put a really good game plan together uh, for the Rams, I love the fact that he switched up his personnel. Now, he played more of Jalen Tolbert than he's has. Jalen Tolbert had the most reps he's had all season long. Now, I didn't equate to, to much. I, I, I laughed, and I, I do a show with Jeff Cavanaugh, and uh, we laughed this morning because we saw the same thing. Uh, they put in Jalen Tolbert, and they lined him up, and he ran a slant, and the result looked the same way that Michael Gallup looked. So it was like, oh. Can't put Gallup out there. You can't put Jalen Tober out there because they both can't get off the line of scrimmage. But nonetheless, Jalen Tober got some more action. But you saw from Mike McCarthy, you saw the ability to change formation. You saw some more bunch sets. You saw, you saw C.D. Lamb and the way they set it up that he's kind of, what we asked for, you were giving to Michael Gallup, right? You say, well, why are you giving Michael Gallup one-on-one matchups? They made C.D. Lamb the ex-receiver. They put him in space by himself, and they let him go to work. There is something to be said that when you get the ball to your best players, good things happen. And they did that. They got the ball to CD Lambs uh, around 14 targets, 12 receptions, 158 yards, and two touchdowns. The receptions, most he's had in his career. The yardage, most he's had in his career. Two touchdowns in a game tied for the most that he's had in your career. And you have uh, a a game where you beat a team by 23 points. But Dak was dealing. He looked. Um, in control. You you saw him come to the line of scrimmage, and he's IDing the mic, and he's changing the plays. And I think that was something that he and Mike McCarthy and Brian Schottenheimer got together and said, we have to do something different. right? You have to let me be. I'm, I'm, I'm year eight. I'm year eight. I know this offense. You got to give me more control at the line of scrimmage. Don't take away my ability to get to the line of scrimmage and change the play based on what I see. Uh, a lot of teams in the National Football League now are doing this you know, I present to you one look pre-snap, and I try to hold that look as much as I possibly can. And then post-snap, I change. And that's given Dak some trouble in the past, especially when you drop more guys into coverage. Now, the teams who don't have the athletes to do that usually ends up failing because you just don't have the dogs to really go out there and execute it and really uh, make it difficult for the windows that he has to throw into. The good teams, he's he struggled at times, but allowing him to come to the line of scrimmage and say, "Hey, here's what I see, here's what I feel comfortable in, I get guys in necessary places." Now there's a level of consciousness that I'm saying I'm dealing now, like I'm in complete control of this thing. I don't feel like I'm hesitant. I talked to a former NFL uh, quarterback, and that's the thing that he said about Dak Prescott. He said, "I'm looking at Dak, and and Dak looks uncomfortable. He looks hesitant." He looks like he's not really feeling what they're actually calling. The way that he's playing doesn't seem like he's in complete control of the offense. And I think in the last two weeks, you saw more of that. He's using his legs, another 19 yards rushing in this game. And he, he doesn't have to be Lamar Jackson. He doesn't have to be Jalen Hurts when he's healthy running the football. He just has to be a viable option when things break down that he'll tuck the ball and run. And he got about two or three, uh, converted two or three third downs with his legs. And it may not mean nothing to you. It may be like, oh, he only got four yards. Oh, he only got three yards. Oh, he only got five yards. But when you get a first down, I get another opportunity for a drive. Those are drive extenders. And when Dak uses his legs, it now makes teams have to play 11-on-11 football. When, When now the linebackers or whoever the spy is, they can't drop back into coverage and worry about everyone else. They still have to keep an eye on Dak Prescott and he's not the fastest he's not the most athletic but being a valuable option in these times make it really really good for the Cowboys offensively Brandon Cooks got involved in this game you saw him have uh, you know two big splash plays a 19 yard and I think a 25 yard play and a touchdown that's the thing that you want to see When you look at this offense, yes, I want to see C.D. Lamb. I want him to be in the conversation with the names of A.J. Brown and Tyreek Hill and Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase and and, and Stephon Diggs. Yes, C.D. belongs in those categories. Now, I know the productivity hasn't been there all season long, but his ability puts him in that category. He has the ability of those guys. And you saw it on full display against the Rams. You saw him running um, what we like to call a, 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 a red Dino. The post-corner post. He has the wiggle to do that. You see him when the slant routes. You see him go up. He went up one time and snatched the ball. And I thought I had, to, I had to kind of do one of these deals right here and go, wait, wait. Was that CeeDee Lamb or was that Des Bryant? He looked like Des. He went up and high-pointed one up above his head. I, I had to I had to do one of these deals and make sure I wasn't tripping. He looked like the other 88. He looked like Des Bryant. But that's what you get from a guy like CeeDee Lamb, man, and – He's. You can tell when CD's happy. I always, I always, make the jokes. You know, you can see the forty thousand dollar incisors and the bicuspids. But when he's getting into his, you know, he's doing his celebrations and he's into. Now, that's the CD Lamb that we all know and love. That's the CD Lamb that when you get him the football and and, and to his credit, because everyone says, "Okay, wide receivers are divas. Wide receivers are divas." And you look at CD Lamb, and you go, you know, AJ Brown did the same thing. He had a little, little dust-up with Jalen Hurts on the sideline. What did that turn into? Six straight games of 125-plus yards a game. First time in NFL history. And it's not that I'm being a diva. It's saying, let me help. Don't just have me out here. Like, I, I'm, I'm nice. If you watch episode 20, 28, I'm nice. I'm outside. Don't just have me out here like I'm just regular. I'm not regular. I'm nice. Get me the football and watch good things happen. Dak was doing that in this game. The Titans got involved. I told you how the middle of the field would be open. Jake Ferguson got involved for a touchdown. I like it. I like it when Dak is in control. I like it when Dak is dealing. Huge game coming up this week. Absolutely huge game coming up this week. But on the defensive side of the ball, domination. Pat myself on the back again. I told y'all about De'Ron Bland. I told you all about De'Ron Bland. Does he replace uh, Trayvon Diggs? No. No. Is he a damn good feeling for Trayvon Diggs? Yes. 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 Coming in, after his pick six, at that point in time, he had more reception touchdowns than any player on the Dallas Cowboys football team. Three. No other player had more than three. And still to this day, he and CD Lamb, after a historic day for CD, they're still tied at three. He has not one, not two, but three pick sixes on the season. That's unheard of. He gets one more pick six. Talking about Deron Bland might be an all-pro. He went from being a backup to an all-pro. I know he likes that because money's going to be plenty for him. On top of that, a lot of people don't know. Excuse me a guy like De'Ron Vann who was projected to be in a backup role, what De'Ron Bland ends up getting at the end of the year is uh, he gets to get a, uh, what they call like a reps bonus. Players who are not starters or play a large majority of the snaps, if you come in from being a backup, from being a guy who's maybe on the practice squad, and you, you, you're elevated into a starting role and you begin to play, of the snaps or more, now your pay is different. You get your same normal base pay, but at the end of the year, you get what they call a performance bonus. So a guy like Deron Bland, who was was projected to play a backup role, maybe some, some nickel, maybe some dime depending on how it went, it was supposed to be Jordan Lewis, Stephon Gilmore, and Trayvon Diggs. Trayvon goes down, insert Deron Bland, and now he's playing 90 to 95% of the defensive snaps. So he's going to get another bonus on top of, at the end of the year, he's going to get a performance bonus. So that's the money that he didn't even count on that he's going to get. <laughs> so so kudos for Deron Bland. He's just playing good football. He's playing good football. He's tackling. He's playing physical. And when the ball comes his way, he is a guy who is an opportunistic cornerback. Very few times the ball hits his hands and it's a drop. And that's one thing. If, if there was a trait that that carried over from the absence of Trayvon Diggs is that one. He may not be as fluid as Trayvon in coverage, but he's he's damn good in coverage. It's the fact of the matter is that he takes the ball away. He's not dropping him. He's not. He is taking the ball away, and when he takes it, he get into the crib. Three pick sixes in seven games. Jokers go a whole ten year career and don't have three pick sixes. What he's, what he's doing in his time, in his year and a half time in the National Football League is unheard of. So shout out to De'Ron Bland for stepping up and playing a tremendous brand of football. Michael Parsons, hello. Welcome back to the land of football. I know you've become a villain because people say, you know, less Michael Parsons on the podcast, more Michael Parsons on the football field. You got back to action this Sunday. It's good to see you. It's good to see you out there. It's good to see you you know, wreaking havoc on quarterbacks and offensive linemen. I love the way that Dan Quinn begins to set schemes up. He had a play when you watch Michael Parsons over top of the center, right? He starts off back and he's standing up. But what he does is he takes his two other defensive tackle and he lines them up wide. What does that do? That means the offensive guards, in order to reach those other defensive tackles, they now have to, to separate and get space. But what does that naturally do? it it leaves the center one-on-one with Micah Parsons with the two-way go. Because sometimes if you keep guys in tight, a guard on either side, he can just get a hand there sometimes and it slows down a defender. Or just half of his body can be in that gap, it slows down a defender. But when you line Micah up over top of the center, and you take the next two defenders and you spread them out a little bit wider, and then the defensive is a little bit wider, now the tackles have to get out further, the guards have to get out further, and now you have these two-way goals for Micah Parsons and a center who's snapping the ball now and retreating. And even if Micah doesn't win the battle, what now happens is most quarterbacks, they don't ha- they, they enjoy the fact that I can, you hear it all the time, step up in the pocket and deliver the ball down the football field. Well, if Michael Parsons is coming your way, guess what you cannot do? You cannot step up in the pocket, and you at times take your eyes from down the football field, right? What I mean is when you drop back, quarterback's always looking up, right? He's feeling the pocket, pocket presence. But when you got 11 coming at you, and you know in your mind, holy crap, this dude is coming. He's on the way. What you do now is you happen to take your eyes from down the field, looking at the guy in front of you and saying, he's about to whoop my center. And now your vision is off. Your vision is off, so you're not seeing plays develop. You're not seeing things open up. You're not anticipating a throw. You're not throwing it to a window. So that when you get your eyes back up, you now have to relocate where guys are at because you took them down for a second to see the rush coming at you. And it was successful. So Dan Quinn did a great job with creating the matchups for Michael Parsons and allowing him to wreak havoc. I think one of the guys that we also don't talk about enough is – Take Lawrence. I think Tank is having a phenomenal year. Um, he's ranked among the top five in the National Football League in pressures and uh, overall grades. The only thing about Tank is he's not getting the sacks, and and I get it. I mean they go to Micah and others because they just they get to it better. And and, and but Tank, he's tops in the league in run and run defense. He's tops in the league in pressures. He's tops in the league in, in just overall grades week in and week out. I think if there's an unsung hero. On this Cowboys defense, I would say it's probably Marquise Bell and Tank Lawrence. They don't get all the credit; they get some. They get some, but of course, it goes to guys like Deron Brand, who gets Deron Brand, who gets the splash plays with the pick six. Guys like Micah Parsons, who's who just a, who just a menace at, at what he does, and he's you know Defensive of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year candidate. But you look at guys like Tank Lawrence. I think a lot of that stuff doesn't happen for Micah without guys like Tank Lawrence, who's just been a, a model of consistency for the Cowboys, week in and week out, down in, down out, game in and game out. And, and that's a good thing to see. I do got to give a shout-out to, 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 to two people, two special teams guys. Um, Brandon Aubrey, shout-out to you, my guy. We didn't know what we had in you in training camp. A little nervous. A lot of us was a little nervous because we, we saw what happened last year, and you, know, you missed the first extra point coming out of the year, things got a little worrisome. But all you've done since then is kick 18 straight field goals without a miss, tied the NFL record for the most field goals made consecutively. One more, that record belongs to you my guy. Um you kicked the 58-yarder that was probably good from 70. And I mean, it was down the middle. It was absolutely down the middle and and you've given you've given Cowboy Nation a sigh of relief. You've put the kicking ghosts and spirits at ease, the anxiety at ease, because people didn't know week in and week out what we were getting when the kicker turned out on the field. And you've been a, you've been a model of consistency. So shout out to Brandon uh, Brandon Aubrey, shout out to Sam Williams. Sam Williams he tweeted out this thing the other day, and he was like kind of like free me, and. Take it for what it's worth, right? Do I don't know what it means. I, you know, like guys always want more action. Guys always want more snaps, more plays. Of course, when you get more sacks, he has escalators in his contract that will that that will that will uh, that will hit if he gets a certain amount of sacks. Get more money. But guys want to be in the mix, right? You know, when a team is playing well, guys want to be in the mix. I, I want to be a part of the sack party. I want to be a part of do my celebration. So Sam was like, you know, free me. Free me. Free Sam. What do they say? Um, free me to they saying it backwards. Free Sam. Sam free. Well, I think Sam got freed a little bit this week. And most people won't even notice it. But Sam Williams was the gunner on the punt team. A dude who's 250 pounds, 6'3", 6'4", 250 pounds, 55 pounds, was the gunner and was moving, recorded the tackle, and then um, then turned around and blocked the punt for safety. So shout out to Sam Williams. If you can't find your way sometimes in a defensive rotation, get on them special teams. Find your way to get active. Stay active out there on the football field and allow them to see that you're willing to put in the work to be out there. And, 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 and that's big. A lot of times people don't realize just how big those hitting yardage is on special teams, they're momentum changers, their energy boosters, you block a punt, that's an energy booster, that's two points, you almost got a touchdown, but you go down and you make a stop uh, on a punt, now a team has to drive the length of the field, if a team has to go 75, 80, 85 yards, the, the likelihood of them making a mistake increases, if they only got to go 40 or 50, even if they can't get a touchdown, they've now flipped the field and make you now have to go. 80, 90 yards back the other way. And the potential for you messing up is there, but the defense was dominant, man. The defense was dominant again. And this was one of those games where the Cowboys won on all four phases, offense, defense, special team, and coaching. They coached better than, than Raheem Morris and, 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 uh, and McVay. And I know that Matthew Stafford went out with the thumb injury, but it was over. It was over. It was not, he was going to be able to do, they held Puka Nakua, they held Cooper Cup, the Puka and the Koopa. they held them down, Tutu Atwell down. The Cowboys, talk about and and, and they, you know, I get what happened. Um, I get what happened to them in the Niners game, and so we kind of snatched that dominating or that historical defensive name off their, uh, off their ledger. Okay, I get it, but when you go back and you look, the Cowboys haven't allowed this season hundred-yard rusher, and they haven't allowed a hundred-yard receiver this year. They allowed close, almost got close. I think I think Kittle had ninety-something yards or whatever it was. But they haven't allowed a hundred-yard rusher or a hundred-yard receiver as a team. They've gotten hundred yards. Like they've allowed a hundred-yard rusher, but no one player has been able to to, to rush for over a hundred yards for the uh, against the Dallas Cowboys defense. So it's it's a defense that is that's that's playing right now. I say that. And you have a huge opponent come next week. A huge opponent come next week. But for for this game, the Cowboys did what I needed them to do. They they, they revived my hope in them as an offense, as a defense, as a special teams. Uh, They almost took a punt back to the touchdown. And and Deshaun Wright got called for Hogan, who didn't need to hold. His guy wasn't even going to be in the play. But those things happen. You can call a penalty just about on every punt, punt return, kickoff, kickoff return. It It gets physical. It's an assault all day long. But this Cowboys team with another dominating victory, it's like boom a bust for these guys. It's like we blow you out or we get blown out. Ain't too much in between. I hope that they blow the Eagles out next week, but that's going to be opponent that, that, that when you look at it, what can they do against opponents who are equal to or greater than? Get Make this personal. Get up for this game. But enjoy this victory, a dominating one, 43-20 over the L.A. Rams on all three phases. Everyone played well in this game. The O-line has to get a little better, though. I'll get more into that later on this week, but the O-line has to get better. Maybe there's a trade between now and the trade deadline at 3 p.m. on Halloween. We'll see how that goes. All right, man, that's it for the Cowboys breakdown. Let's get into around the sports sphere. The Texas Rangers tied one and one in the World Series with the Arizona Diamondbacks. By the time that you witness this, they'll be either up 2-1 or down one, uh, one game. To, down one game, the, the, the Diamondbacks will be up two games to one. And just overall, um, game one was fantastic. It's unfortunate that, that, I guess, Arizona, they don't bring enough of the fan support. and this, It was the lowest-watched World Series in the history, Right. Of World Series, Tay, it was the lowest watched World Series game one. It's a because it had a great it had a great ending. It was a back and forth game. Arizona goes up. Corey Seeger comes back, hits a home run. It goes into extra innings. El Bombe hits a walk off. I mean, it was exciting. It, it it gave you everything that you needed. Uh, you know, game two, the Arizona Diamondbacks they came in. And the thing about the Diamondbacks, like just overall, what they do is, and I said this in my preview leading up to the World Series, they just find a way. They find a way. Um, they, they, they play. They have some power. They play small ball. They base run. They base steal. I mean, they do all the things, and it sometimes keeps you on your heels. It keeps you on your heels. And for the Rangers, I think you need more of their guys to show up. You need Marcus Simeon to show up, you know, he he has to find some sort of traction in the playoffs. Uh, Corey Seager has been the veteran that you needed him to be. Of course, El um has been just phenomenal, lights out. Evan Carter's been good, but but the rest of the guys, you, Mitch Garvis had his moments uh, in there. But you, you need some more guys to come on, to come around because everything can't be boom or bust. Everything can't be. You would love for everything to be yard, but that's not realistic. Right? that's that's not realistic. You need more guys to get on base. You need more hits. You need to put pressure on the Diamondbacks and their pitching, and 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 finding out finding ways to make them crack. I think they've done a good job with with just all the little things, and then they'll sprinkle in a home run here and there. But you know, series tied one one, get back into action tonight in Arizona. Um, let's go Rangers, man. This is this is this is gonna be. Despite what the viewership might be, I think it's going to be a good series. I do. I, I think you got two gritty teams. You got two teams who have figured out a way to, how to win it. And, and honestly, when you get to this point in time of the year, don't care how you win. I really don't care how you win. You can win. You can win by by one run. You can win by ten runs. At this juncture, all that style points don't matter. Just win. Like 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 Al Davis said, just win, baby, win. And these are two teams who are just trying to figure out ways to win. Uh, game three will be tonight. You'll see the results when this comes out tomorrow. But for me, it's uh it's go Rangers. Having talked about, my boy, prime. Prime time. Y'all yeah, know, yeah, know I'm a I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Tar Hill alum by by, by 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 blood, sweat, and tears, but I'm a newly Colorado alum. Dion fan, Colorado fan, and I know I'm not as sexy anymore. They've been stuck on four wins, and I don't know where the two wins are going to come from and their schedule left to allow them to become bowl eligible. But I I might have a little bone to pick with Dion. I, I, I'm always, I personally, the grown man, I've always been this way, even, even the young man, but I've always been a, a, a person who's love brutal honesty. You no, know, tell me what it is. Tell me I was great. Tell me I sucked. Whatever it is. Pause. Just tell me. Be, be up front with me. And I think I think Deion may, uh, may have went a little bit, a little bit too far. Um, after their recent loss to UCLA. Again, Shador pressured all day long, sacked a multiple a multitude of times. And in the post-game pressure, p- pressure. Excuse me. A reporter asked Dion about how do you keep Shador upright? How do you protect him? How do you get your offensive line to play better? And Dion <laughs> I love the rawness, I love the real but Dion comes out and he says, I got to get better offensive linemen. He said, Period. He said, "That, that That's the picture I'm going to paint. I'm going to paint it perfectly. And I thought to myself, whoo. Okay. Okay. Spicy. A little bit. A little, 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 little Tabasco on that. Then I thought. Damn, D, man, Coach. Um, that might have been a little bit too far. And, and I get what he's saying, and I, I know he's probably uh, Diaz doesn't seem like the type that he's gonna say things publicly that he hadn't said to those guys privately. But the fact of the matter is, I, these kids don't. They, these kids are not purposefully going out there and giving up pressures. They're not purposely going out there and say, Hey, guys, go sack Shador. They're not purposely going out there trying to give up all of the sacks. I think these kids are trying hard, but you're going up against superior competition. So I think Dion could have maybe handled that question a little bit differently. Maybe I'm a little soft in my older age, but I just felt like in that, that, that approach, Dion is right and he's wrong. And both of those can be true. Yes, he is right for the fact that the matter is the way that you fix an offensive line problem is you get better offensive linemen. That is 100% fact. Do you have to say it publicly the way that he said it? I don't think you do. I think that's where he went wrong right there. I think you could have you answered that question at least five other different ways. When someone says, you know, how do you keep Shador upright? You could have simply said, man, these kids are trying you know, we, we got to do better as coaches. They have to do better, but they're trying. And, and we're going to continue to try to improve our offensive line week in and week out. We'll do the same in our recruiting process. We're going to get better. You know, you can't be say, we're just not good enough right now. As a whole, we're not good enough. As an offensive line coach, as an offensive line, play, we're just not good enough. I'm okay with that. I, I'm okay with that. But when you go and you just say, like, we don't get better offensive line. We need to get better offensive linemen. Uh, that might be a little harsh. Again, you might want to call me different words when you watch this, but I think, I think that question, while, like I said, true in essence of what it is, how do you fix the offensive line problem? You get better players. 100% true. I just think that you have to remember there are times that you're still dealing with 17, 18, 19, 20-year-old kids. And to publicly say that, that 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 can that can kind of rub a kid's confidence the wrong way. And I know that Dion loves these kids. I know that Dion cares for these kids. But when you publicly say, "I'm gonna get new offensive linemen, you like, man, Coach, you 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 just gonna kick me to the curb. Now some may say, okay, some may take that as a okay, all right, bet. If he going to get new offensive line, then it ain't going to be me. But some look at that and go, well, I'm trying. And maybe trying ain't good enough for Deion, but, but this is what you got. And I just think that, yes, he's right, but also he's wrong. He couldn't handle that better. In addition to the offensive line and Colorado being bad and losing and getting sacked, they got robbed too. It's not funny. It's not funny. It's not funny. But they got robbed. They got robbed. Someone went in the locker room and stole money and stole jewelry. Now, I don't know what Shador got in the backup, but he might not be doing the Shador. The Shador. Anytime soon. A bunch of players lost jewelry and money that was stolen outside of the out from the, the the visiting locker room at UCLA. Now, if you know anything about UCLA, okay. <laughs> I don't know how many of you have ever traveled to California. I don't know how many of you have ever been to the campus of UCLA. Quick, funny side story for UCLA. This is story time with Jesse Holly. When I was being recruited in high school, one of the schools that I wanted to go to. It was the first campus I'd ever been on in my life. Our coach, we were going to play an AU game in Vegas. We flew to LA and our coach took us to university, took us to UCLA and gave us a John Wooden basketball tour. And it was the first time I ever seen adults walking around with book bags. And I was like, coach, what is that? He's like, I'm like, where are these where are these grown-ups going? He said, the class. And I didn't know anything about college. And it was my first, I was 14, 15 years old. And it was the first time I really underst- Like I, he made me understand what college was. And I said, I want to go to college. He said, you can. If you get your grades right, get the SAT score, start acting like you got some darn sense. You had the talent to get a scholarship. I didn't know what scholarship was. But all I knew was I saw adults walking around freely with book bags on this beautiful campus, and I wanted in. I wanted in. Fast forward to I actually become a really good player, and I'm being recruited. And I go on an unofficial visit to the University of Maryland. At the time, Ralph Friedgen is the head coach there. I go into Ralph Friedgen's beautiful office, and I sit down, and, and, and my coach, Lou Grasso. What's up, What's up, Lil Lou Lou? Lou Grasso Jr. and his wife, Teresa, they're accompanying me on this unofficial visit to Maryland. And we sit down across from Ralph Friedgen. He reaches in the drawer, and he gives me one of my first official scholarship offers to the University of Maryland. And at the time, he asked me, he said... <laughs> He said, what other schools are you looking at? And I said to him, um, I said, one school, then I said, uh, the University of UCLA. And so we left, and we get in the car, and we're driving, and, and, and Coach Lou, Lou's wife, Teresa, she goes, um, Jesse? I said, yes? She says, do you know what the U stands for at UCLA? And I was like, Nah, I don't. She's like, the U actually stands for university. It's University of Los Angeles, California, or whatever it is. You see the University of California, Los Angeles. And I was like, what? She said, so you basically said the university of the University of California, Los Angeles. But anyway, that's my kind of UCLA story. But if you've ever been to the, to the university of the University of California, Los Angeles, you know that it is Near the hood, just like u s c it's near the hood, and these kids got robbed, and it's unfortunate and it's not funny, but these kids got robbed and and you know what um the sad part about it is probably outside of Shador, I doubt these kids got that jury insured i do uh, i i do this these are the life lessons for. You know, kids that are now getting money in these NIL deals um, about taxes. Uh, these are now life lessons for these kids. Um, getting this NIL money about things like insuring your jewelry. Now, Shador comes from a family who's always had, like, Shador was born into money. So I, I'm, sh- I'm almost positive that Shador, his jewelry is insured. And either these kids have been educated on insuring their jewelry Are they willing to consistently pay the premium to keep that insurance for their jewelry? If not, good luck getting this jewelry back. Because it's not insured, your diamonds aren't counted for, you can't put in a claim, you might just be SOL. Because you're bringing this jewelry and everybody's iced out. There's so many Cuban links out here now. Everybody got Cuban links. Everybody got a Cuban link. Everybody got some sort of diamond or sort of something. But the guy who's watching the door, me and Tay, we argued about this, is making $12 an hour, the yellow shirts. No no knock to security. I used to be a security guard. Y'all know this. They're making $12, $15 an hour. Some of them dudes and ladies, they wolves too. And they looking for the come up and they see Shador and company, Shador, the Shador. They see all these folks coming in and they got these ice on. They watch college game day. They've seen Colorado be on TV. And they think to themselves, it's a lick. What's the worst that can happen to me? They can fire me from this $10 job, $15 job that I make here, $12.50 job that I make here. Cool. But if I come up on a $30,000 watch, if I come up on a $15,000 chain, a couple of them, a couple of them, if we, if we, if we hit everybody, a couple hundred dollars in cash per player, maybe if I come up with cash, jewelry, they can keep this job. If they fired me. Yeah, that's cameras there, but they long gone. That, that, that jewelry is somewhere sold at, at the local pawn shop. They just sold it to somebody on the, the hook or they're going to wear it themselves. So for those of you that are watching who have young chick, get, get that jewelry insured. My girls always tell me, if you can't afford to protect it, you can't afford it. If you can't afford to protect it, you can't afford. It's unfortunate what happened to these young men. Um, thieves are bad. I used to be a thief in my younger days. Stole cars. I, I'm sorry. If anyone I took a car from, I'm sorry. I apologize. But it's wolves out here, man, and, and you got to protect yourself at all times. Let it be a lesson to the rest of the college football world. You young guys are getting money. Y'all getting money. Everybody ain't, everybody ain't your friend. Everybody don't, don't want to see you prosper. So maybe leave some of that jewelry at home. Um, get lock boxes. Get safes. Maybe maybe Colorado now will have to bring a safe. That might be a thing. Maybe we should do that for business. Do portable safes to the colleges. We can decorate them all nice and neat. I'm giving my business ideas away out on my show. If whoever does that, give me a dollar or two if you're going to go and do the safes for these programs so the equipment people can bring them so you can keep your keep uh, keep your keep your jewelry clean. But, unfortunately for Colorado, oh, Godspeed to the jewelry. Godspeed to the jewelry. Travis Kelsey, Tay-Tay's boyfriend, Taylor Swift's boyfriend, in a little bit of hot water. I mean, not much hot water, but not a good look. Not a good look. And I'm always for guys kind of getting away when it's time to get away. But getting away during the week when you have a game and then you lose the game, not a good look. Travis Kelsey was saw last Friday, was seen last Friday in Arlington, Texas. No, the Kansas City Chiefs did not have a game in Houston. No, the Kansas City Chiefs did not have a game in Dallas. Nope. He was here to see the World Series. For whatever reason, he was here. I don't know his affiliation to anybody on the Rangers and on the Diamondbacks, but he was here. Not only was he here, he actually stayed a little bit wild and partied a little bit. And, and, and I trust me, he wasn't drinking unfiltered water. He was putting them back. Vodka's and sodas, I heard, was his drink of choice. All night long. Beers and vodka's and sodas. Then he goes out, and and Patrick Mahomes has the flu, trying to have his Jordan and Scottie Pippen moment. They lose. Not only do they lose, they lose to the Denver Broncos. They, they lose to the most dysfunctional team in the in, in the league. And call me a hypocrite, but if he goes out there, and Tay wasn't in attendance too, Taylor Swift wasn't there. So when she's not there, he's history says this year when she's in attendance, 108 yards or better. When he's left to his own devices and to World Series action, 49 yards. Bad look. Bad look. If now, the hypocrite in me says if he wins, all love, Nothing to worry about. But when you lose, yeah, it's a bad look, Travis Kelsey. I'm not telling you what to do with your time, but it ain't the bye week. You got a game Sunday, and you jumped in a plane, a P.J. Well, I don't care what it was. Came all the way to Dallas. Partied all night, traveled back, probably had a terrible hungover walkthrough, and then had to get ready for a game on Sunday when you had to travel again. Did they didn't play at home or way. It doesn't make a difference. A bad look, bro, as a leader of that football team, this Hollywood thing might be going to your head, Traff. I don't know. This, this Taylor Swift thing, man, you've be, you, 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 you become, it was in Denver. So then you had to travel again. So you've been on a plane twice. You was on a plane from Kansas City to, 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 to what is Addison? Is the, is the private airport, right? Addison has a private airport. So what do you need to fly into. then from Addison back to Kansas City, from Kansas City to Denver and you lose. Don't let this Hollywood thing get to your head, Trav. Stay focused. My guy, you're the only weapon that, 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 that Patrick Mahomes has right now. The rest of the receivers ain't, they ain't worth, you don't want to mess up your legacy because you want to be Hollywood. Be football player first, then be Hollywood later. Got your little Hollywood girlfriend, you're bouncing around, you're doing all this other stuff. You're trying to keep up with these young folks. These young folks get your L's on Sunday. The last place you want to be is on the losing side of things to the Denver Broncos. I think it's overall bad look. Shannon Sharp thought the same thing. He and Ocho Cinco had their, had their debate. Uh, I think it's a bad look. I think it's an overall bad look, but if you win, no one cares. But when you lose, you open yourself up to criticism. Um, Trade deadline is tomorrow. Uh, When you guys see this today, Halloween, Leonard Williams' defensive tackle of the New York Giants have been traded to the Seattle Seahawks. I'm happy the Giants have one less good player, but we do have to play the Seahawks in a couple of weeks. We'll see how that goes. Uh, more trades will happen throughout the time. By the time you guys see this tomorrow, before the trade deadline, deadline makes deal, there'll be some other trades happening. Um, the big bully, the NFL big bully, has sent a cease and desist letter to the University of Houston. Why, Jesse? Why would the NFL care about what the University of Houston is doing? Well, the University of Houston had debuted. Their, uh, I'm not going to call them throwbacks, but they debuted their Houston Oilers type jerseys and helmet combinations. The same ones that the, the, the Texans wore this weekend. Great looking uniforms. Absolutely great looking uniform. But the NFL said, whoa, 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 Houston. Now, I get it. I, I get you want to do your—you know your old and your representation and your respect to the old Houston Oilers. But not in these colors, not in this way. So the, mer- so the NFL Merchandise Department said, you wore it once. You better not wear it again, or we're going to slap you with a nice little lawsuit that I don't think you can afford. And I think the last thing that the Houston Cougars need is a lawsuit from the National Football League. So I, I, I doubt you'll see those uniforms again from the University of Houston, those Houston Oiler-type throwback jerseys. I don't know why the NFL has to be a bully about everything. They want to control everything. They, they want to control everything. Anything that has to do with the national football, they don't want you to have nothing. And so they sent that letter to the University of Houston. Unfortunate, I think the combination the combination is fire. I'm not gonna be I'm not gonna lie to y'all. The combination is fire. If you haven't seen it, look it up. It is fire. Fire. The old school Houston Oilers, that white, red, and that powder blue. I'm not going to call it Carolina blue because there's only one in Carolina that wears Carolina blue. That's the University of North Carolina go heels. But that powder blue, it looks good, man. It, it, that's a good-looking uniform. So I get it. I, I understand it. But come on. Come on, NFL. Don't be that way. Um, Spicy alert. Woo-woo-woo. Spicy alert. Woo-woo-woo. Spicy alert. You know, I love, I love a good Spicy. I love a good spicy. And somebody that's been in the spicy news lately, I don't know how much longer he's gonna be calm, cool, and collective, but my boy Steve Smith Sr. is back in the spicy alert again. He was already spicy one time with the Jerry Judy situation. This past weekend he was on the Pat McAfee show and on a game day and all that kind of good stuff. Uh, the University, The University of Utah, Utah University. Utah Utes, the Utes. Steve Smith is is an alum of the Utah Utes. He was on the desk, and he was making the selections for the the week, and it got to the NC State game, NC State versus Clemson. Clemson was playing on the CW network, and, like, no one – like, they didn't know where that was because they're not used to playing on the CW network. But Clemson versus NC State, the little brothers – NC State, the little brothers and sisters – of the University of North Carolina They are But Steve Smith said He said I'm going with Clemson Is at NC State's basketball school And basketball season is about to start So I'm going to go with Clemson They're just waiting for basketball season to start Well And I'm so glad Dabo Sweeney's getting this, The door beat off of him Dabo Sweeney told DJ Alungaloa, what's his name uh, DJ, let's go with DJ He said hey, you know what, you need to transfer Uh, uh, uh Cade Kubnick is going to be the starter going forward, and they suck. I'm is one of those guys who said, if, the, if, the NI, if we get NIL deals here in the NCAA, I'm going to go ahead and retire. Liar. Liar. Because they got them. You, it's fine for you to get paid $7, $8, 9000000 million. And for you to have all the endorsement deals all out the wazoo, but the players that you recruit, and they get a penny of that, they don't get a penny of that, now they're getting money, and you had a problem with that, that's why you suck. NC State beats Clemson. And boy, them coaches kept receipts. Oh, coaches kept receipts. Dave Doran gets in his post game. And you think about this I just want a big game. I'll be You know, we're on the CW. I get interviewed. And he tells on the interview, and you can tell Steve Smith to kiss my. You know what? So, then he doubled down to it in his post game presser. And he was like, if Steve Smith wants to come see me, we can have a conversation about it. I don't know if Dave, you know, Dave kind of got that, you know, older white man, probably don't know too much. Steve, pull up on you now. Steve, pull up on you, old Dave. I don't, I don't know if you want that smoke. I don't know. But Steve, this they coming at you, my boy. You either got to stop saying stuff or you got to start putting hands on folks. I don't, I don't condone violence. This is not a show that condone violence. I understand it. I don't condone it. But Steve, Steve, they playing in your face out here in these streets. And, and you know how it go in the hood. Once, once they show that you can be played with, folks going to play with you. Once they show that they can play all up in your face, now everybody think they can play up in your face. The Jacksonville Jaguars, who are a sneaky team in the AFC, sneaky good. Sneaky good in the AFC. They defeat the Pittsburgh Steelers. And they go and they take the terrible towel. What's the safety's name? Uh, Andrew Wingard. Let's take the terrible towel. They're spinning it around. Blatant disrespect. Blatant disrespect. He and others, they're talking about the, you know, uh, talking about they wish they hoped. After Pittsburgh still would have put up a better fight. Oof. You beat Pittsburgh at home and, and you and you wave around the terrible towels. That may come back to haunt you. I don't know. You may have to see him again in the playoffs. I don't know. But I like spicy. I like spicy. And then on my final spicy note, spicy kind of. I don't know if it's spicy. Maybe it's a little a little honey. A little little sweet. Cowboys defeat the Rams, and reporters begin to ask Jerry Jones, they said, hey, you know, are you looking forward to the big game against Philadelphia? Is that a big game? How can you equate that to the Niners? And Jerry said, hey, 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 we're going to enjoy this win, and what I'm not going to do is I'm not going to comment about Philadelphia because I personally, Jerry Jones said this, quote, do not want to poke the bear. That's what he said. Well, reporters then went to Dak Prescott as he came to the podium for his post-game press. And they said, Dak, any feeling about getting ready for the Philadelphia Eagles? Your owner, Jerry Jones, said no comment because he doesn't want to poke the bear. And I like this new Dak Prescott. I'm not going to lie. Dak has kind of come to the point where he said, you know what? You're going to criticize me no matter what. So I may even, I might as well be a little spicy. And Dak, who normally says the right thing, kind of took the opposite approach. Jerry said, hey, no comment from me. I don't want to poke the bear. No need to wake up a sleeping giant in Philadelphia. We got to trial up there next week. I don't want to poke the bear. Well, Dak Prescott said, you know what? Pour honey on me. Pause. Now, I don't know what type of freaky-deaky stuff you into, Dak. I ain't never had honey poured on me. Maybe I should try it before I knock it. I'm just saying... Dak said, pour honey on me. I'm looking for that fight. He said, poke the bed. pour honey on me. <laughs> Poor. That's wild. That's wild. Dak got a new girlfriend. So maybe they can. Get d- Listen, what you, Dwight Howard said, the White, the White, Dwight Howard said, what he do and what you do in your bedroom is not for anybody. Howard, I want the White Howard. That ain't Jay Holly. The White Howard said that. So if Dak like to get honey poured on him, remember Drew Hill. Somebody sleeping and and Nokio poured that out. It was a hot wax. He poured that wax on. Him. If, if that's what Dak likes, then hey, do your thing. Whatever gets you ready to play Philadelphia and beat Philadelphia, honey, chocolate, whipped cream. I don't care. But Dak Prescott said, pour honey on me and call me. When he to put no, he didn't say that. I'm making that up. He did say pour honey on me, though. He said he wanted to fight. Dax said he wanted to smoke. He wanted, he should have just said, I want to smoke. And it could have had like a smokey the bear reference. The pour the honey on thing on me, it's whatever. But Dax said it. So I hope that the honey, whatever he has to take. I, that's what they take now. They take those honey packs. Anyway, never mind. I'm, I'm going too deep in that. But yeah, that's what Dax said. So he's ready for that game. Uh, and I'll end on this, man, just a little bit around the uh, the NBA. James Harden is back with the Philadelphia 76ers. I don't know what that situation is going to be. I really don't. Like, James left. He was saying he had some issues with his mom, Then he came back. And he came back to try to get on the, the team plane. And TSA, the security was like, ah, ah. You're not going to make this flight, James. Now, I'm sure there's some behind-the-scenes stuff because the NBA came out and said, wait a second now. If he's not playing. And y'all not reporting this. We told y'all we are changing these rules about star players playing. Players in general, but especially the star players. So he's back with Philadelphia. I don't know what that's going to mean. I don't know how this thing is going to play out. I really don't. I do not know how the thing is going to play out. We'll see. But it's getting ugly in Philly. It's getting ugly in Philly. And we all know Joel Embiid is only going to take up so much. New coaching—it's t- just—it's just—it's a lot happening. The one thing I will say though, shout out to Tyrese Maxey. I like that kid. I like Tyrese Maxey. He's going to be an All Star very, very soon. He is having a phenomenal start to the year. He's like whatever, Joe Embiid, Whatever you got going on over there, cool. James Hart, whatever you got over there, cool. Coach, give me the rock. So shout to Tyrese Maxey. Chris Paul, for the first time in his career, will be coming off the bench. Draymond Green, who was out with the ankle injury, is scheduled to make the return to the starting lineup, which means somebody got to go to the bench. Well, it looks like, what is it, 19-year veteran, 20-year veteran, Chris Paul will be coming off the bench. I don't know what that looks like. Maybe he can get his shots off in that second unit. in the, you know, in the NBA is really like, you know, I get it. You want to have that longevity that starts. Um, but he'll finish the game, unless he's in some sort of foul trouble or bad shooting night or turnover night. He's going to fit. He's, he's going to be in the game at the most crucial time. It'll be him, Steph, Clay, Draymond, and probably uh, uh, Kevon Lo- Looney at the end of the game. But he'll be coming off um, the bench. So that's all I got for you guys today, man. I appreciate you all for being here. Thank you so much. Um, 30 episodes, man. Like, every day I, I, I get more and more just in love with this. And it's because I see the comments – I see people asking me, yeah, when, when so cool? I'm, ready, I'm ready for some more, for the motivation, for the content, for everything, the viewership. I, I just, I am so, I'm so thankful. And my Keith Lee voice, God is amazing. <laughs> God is amazing. And I appreciate you all, man. Thank you so much for joining me. Boy, we're really going to do this thing. I promise you, we're going to look back months from now, years from now, and we're going to be like, boy, I, I remember episode 30. I remember we was grinding it out. I remember we was getting it. You guys are right there with me, so I thank you all. Remember like, subscribe, comment, hit the notification button so that you never miss an episode. Tell a friend, to tell a friend, to tell a friend. Make me a part of your everyday life. I want to be a part. I want to be your man. I don't. I don't want to be your man, but I want to be your man's. Like that's a different. Like I don't want to be your man. Like my man. That's my man. Thank you for. I don't want to be that. I want to be your man's. Like yo, Jay Holly. That's my man's. Make me your mans. Put me on the notifications. Put me in all that kind of stuff, man. Like, subscribe, tell a friend to tell a friend. Notifications, Apple, Spotify, uh, Instagram, Mr. Fulton Twitter, Mr. Fulton Long. Facebook, Mr. Fulton Long. Fanatics Views, find me on YouTube. It's all out there, man. Unfiltered with Jesse Holly. Please, thank you guys. I love you guys so much. And remember, never let anyone tell you that their lives is better than yours because why? It's your life. Eliminate the contingencies. We out!